Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I am your host, James McLam. Today's guest is Mark McKinney. Mark McKinney is just a dad of a young athlete, just like so many of us are, but he made a realization in his journey as being a dad that he had become that sports dad. Do you know what that is, that sports parent is? The one that is living vicariously through their young athlete that is really so emotionally involved that they – they're ruining the experience for their young athlete, for their child. And so he wrote a book called The Drive Home about his journey of that realization that came on a drive home from a match that his son was participating in. Listen, this is a great book, and you're going to learn a lot during this thing. What you're going to realize during this podcast is you're going to see yourself in some of the the situations that he talks about and he gives practical advice for parents on how to support their young athlete and also some advice to the young athlete on how they can enjoy their journey even better i love this conversation it really spoke to me it really convicted me in a lot of ways and i know that you're going to enjoy this as well so let's jump right into our interview today with mr mark mckinney Mark, welcome to our show today. Thank you for being our guest today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am excited to be here. So it, 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 of all the people I could spend time with, you're the one I want to be with right now. So how about that? Well, well that's very kind of you. <laughs> that's very kind of you to say that. And once again, we need to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Tammy Matheny, who I'm sure my audience is really getting tired of hearing me say this because it seems like every other podcast is directly related to the fact of a referral for her. But thank you again, Tammy, for a connection. Absolutely. She's the new Kevin Bacon, as I say. So six degrees of separation to Tammy versus six degrees to Kevin Bacon, right? So we should start a Facebook group and title it that and, and see really what should. happens. That I'm would be funny. Uh, that actually <laughs> would kind of be funny. Uh, hmm. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Well, our audience has just heard me give you give them a little introduction of what our podcast is about, but they always love to hear from our guests, uh, share their story with them. So if you wouldn't mind, take a few minutes and introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah. So um, again, happy to be here. So my name is uh, my name is Mark McKinney. Um, reside in the uh, upstate of South Carolina. Um, grew up in a in a teeny tiny town in, in South Carolina here uh, called McCormick. Which, if, if anybody's familiar, you, you either got a speeding ticket there, or you, you've played golf there, or you, you've shot something that was breathing um, in, in in the in the in the form of an animal. Uh, but I uh, went to school at uh, Clemson, so engineer by degree. Kind of came out into the world doing uh, consulting work and and have worked in the software industry um, for quite a while. Um, been married for 27, uh, 27 years, a number I should get right. And I have a 23-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old um, son, and I'm trying to, you know, trying to raise those uh, kids to be responsible, responsible adults. And um, have always had a, a, a passion sort of to our conversation today for, uh, for anything sports related. Um, I was a uh, um, you know, sort of a high school athlete, played basketball, football, golf to a degree, but never to any great acclaim, never, never 
sort of sniffed or uh, or any danger of me playing past the high school level. Um, I went. I was lucky enough to go to a small enough school that I was I was I was able to get playing time. Right. So um, so to <laughs> never to uh, never to any any acclaim. But um, of of you know the last ten years or so um, have have really enjoyed just anything to do with youth sports. My son has always been athletic and into athletics. So everything from baseball, basketball, football, uh, and, and most recently kind of settling on golf when he got into, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade type of thing, um, which has led us to, again, to this conversation today and um, sort of sort of how we, um, how my wife and I began to sort of see ourselves as, um, as kind of that, that youth sports parent um, and there's all you can go read and Google all the sort of uh, horror stories out there about us, right? About um, anybody that's that's the parent of of an athlete. Um, but again, yeah, exactly. So that that led us to uh, we did we wrote a book um, at the end of 2022 about um, our experiences as um, as the parents of a youth athlete, and we did it through our lens uh, as golf golf parents. Um, and it's really a a book that's all about this. It's about pointing fingers at this guy and about our relationships and kind of how fanatical um, I got mm-hmm. at times and, and, and also seeing uh, kind of the other uh, golf dads or golf moms out there, sports, da- uh, sports um, dads and moms out there. So, so yeah, so it was a, it was a, one of those experiences you go through and you kind of start writing all the stories down and, and you recognize kind of where as a, as a parent you failed and, and where you got it right. And I think, you know, a lot of times we, we fail more than we get it right as parents, but, um, you know, that's, you know, they don't, they don't give us an instruction manual, um, out, no. of, out of the gate. Right. No, they certainly don't. Well, when, when you and I talked to begin with you, you share with me and it really got me in, inspired and also some deep reflection too on, on my own experiences as a, as a sports dad, our oldest two children are almost the same age. I have a 22 mm-hmm. year old daughter and a 19 year old son. So, yeah. Uh, and then I have a 13-year-old daughter, so I have a big gap there. And they're very involved in sports, so I, I was that same. So The Drive Home is the name of the book. What was the story behind it? What what caused you to write this book? You know, that there's always a great story with authors of, of how they, especially especially a, a book of passion, a book that, yeah. that that is your story. So tell me, tell our audience a little bit about what caused this book to be on your heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and my wife gets, gets full credit for, um, for the, really the story and for the name of the book. But, um, again, we had, we had dawdled along as, 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 um, as sports parents for a while. And I'd always been that guy and I didn't recognize it until this process, but looking back, I was that guy to a degree. And there was, there's a continuum of, of crazy, if you will, from, you know, on the, on the, on the sports parents, um, sort of from being completely sane all the way up to just being this fanatic. And I was somewhere on that continuum. So, never the guy to run on a basketball court or anything like that, but always that I was just always so passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, but as my son got into playing more competitive golf, started, you know, high school, got on the high school team at seventh grade and eighth grade. And, and um, when he was in ninth grade, this is kind of how it all started. Um, we were playing in, a, in an event in South Carolina, one of the SCJGA, South Carolina Junior Golf Association, major championships, two day tournament and, and a really hard golf course. And, and, uh, Went into it not expecting a whole lot, but my son played really well day one, and um, which put him in the final group for day two. And and when we got into the final group day two, it was a threesome. It was us, and there was uh, two other uh, young men, one who had already committed to play college golf and the other who was just making his decision on where to play college golf. 
So as a dad, I immediately had this, this moment where I said, wow, my son's a freshman, right? And he's playing in this final group with two seniors. They're going to play college golf. Like we've arrived. And then I started thinking through like, Hey, if we, boy, if we win this thing, you know, the doors quote unquote, that'll be open, like the exemptions that he'll get, the points he'll get. And I said, if, you know, if, if he makes top three, if he makes top five, if he makes top 10, whatever, right? I had all these things, these attachments um, that, I, that I placed onto this round of golf. Not, not him, but I did it, you know, mm-hmm. through, through as a dad. And, um, and, it, and it became pretty obvious right out of the gate. So opening tee shot, um, let me know, right? Hey, a lot of those things were not going to happen that day because every, every out-of-bounds stake that we did not find on day one, we found on day two. Like if you could hit it out of bounds, we did. And, and the round, the more we got into the round, the more he struggled. Um, and, and it was just, you could tell it was just that day. Let's hope we finish without anybody getting hurt. Right. Um, it was, please let this thing get over. And, and I found myself throughout the round and, and I still struggle with how to describe the emotion I felt, whether it wasn't anger at him. I don't know if it was disappointment that I saw his, the things that he was going to get going away um, or if it was that feeling of I can't go help him, but I find myself getting more and more quiet as the round went on. And, and then by the time we got to sort of into the back nine, my wife and I, I couldn't even speak to her. Right. I was just, I was just angry at everything and angry at nothing all at the same time. And, um, so my wife and I did the old, the, the parent separation, right? So we, we stayed on opposite sides of the golf course from each other. And, and by the time we, we finished, um i was just i was fit to be tied and i was ready to get the heck out of there i was ready to go home i didn't want to talk to anybody um just let's just get it over with and and of course my wife had booked us a lunch at cracker barrel um with with a couple of friends and so we had to go eat lunch right and and i remember the 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 only words i spoke while we were at cracker barrel were um grilled chicken tenders um collard greens and corn and that's all i said and water and um so i sat at the table all puffed up and um, we got lunch over with and we got back in the car and, and for us, when we got on uh, interstate, um, uh, 85, um, heading North, going back to our house and, and I'm driving, like I'm qualifying, like I'm Mario Andretti or you know, whatever, right? <laughs> Dale Earnhardt, right? I'm taking curves and I'm zooming in and out of traffic. And, and my wife's got this knack and this talent for, for if there's ever a tense situation, she can diffuse it almost like popping a balloon. And so my, and, and so it's my wife and I in the front seat, our kids are in the back and, my son doesn't know what to say. He's disappointed in his round. And, and my wife said, kids, I want you, I want you to remember that this is the day that your dad on our drive home was, was driving 95 on interstate 85. And all the rest of us were just doing is praying and hoping that we made it home safely. Right. And I, <laughs> I looked at her and I said, Hey, am I really that guy? And she said, you're that guy. And I, and it just washed over me. I was so disappointed in myself that I was, that I could be considered that guy. I can be considered that dad. And, and kind of from that moment on, um, I started to sort of be more aware of my surroundings as we went to sports events, as we went to golf tournaments. And I started noticing myself walking the fairways. I started noticing when I stopped at greens to talk to other dads that they were either, either putting their kid down or they were talking about this should be happening. That should be happening. I'm like, wow, it's kind of like an alcoholic, right? I've got, I got addiction in my family and, and it's that when you have that realization, like, oh, wow, you know, you can't really solve the problem. You know, you got the problem. And um, so anyway, I said, hey, I, I'm, I'm one of those I'm one of those golf dads out there. And um, I stumbled across a, a dad one day and and he started describing all these different golf dads to me. There's the there's the dad who who played 
um, semi-pro, you know, one day, and he he knows all the answers. Um, there's the dad who all he wants to do is go to the bar and hang out till the round's over. There's the there's the dad who says, hey, we're going to sell the clubs um, if you miss this putt kind of thing. And I, I could start seeing all those things come true. Um, and uh, so my wife and I sort of months go on after that. And, and uh, we had a conversation and she said, you know, it would really be powerful if we wrote all this down, right? All the mistakes we made going through this process. If we could write this down as a cautionary tale to say like, hey, don't do a lot of the things we did. Um, and to help people recognize like this is the this is the kids journey. This is their journey. It's not our mm-hmm. journey. Don't live vicariously, you know, through through them. And it was that moment of realization that we said, one, let's we're going to do it by poking fun at ourselves to a degree, but really being honest about it. And then two, soliciting advice from from a lot of folks out there who have kind of been there, done that coaches and mental coaches, and businessmen and so on and so forth. So that's the long answer to a short question. But the drive home. Uh, came from the fact that um, the catalyst for it was was Britt, my wife said, you know, this is this is the drive home where where dad's going 95 on 85. So and from you know, from there it was born. Well, you mentioned that guy and then you listed some of the things that that someone had described of a golf dad. And I was a mem- I immediately was thinking of funny videos that you have found on social media occasionally where where a guy will kind of act out all the different phases of a of a parent can be over sports yeah what are some of the what are you seeing in in parents because immediately i thought of myself in two uh, two situations one where i was that guy one where i observed that guy one was when my son was an eighth grader and he was at, a, at a, a private school and very talented in baseball and had made their varsity team. The only mm-hmm. person, I think, uh, younger than 10th grade that had made the varsity team. Not only made it, he was starting. And yeah. so the coach said, hey, would you like to be the assistant coach? Well, of course, I wanted to jump in on that one. <laughs> yeah. So I was, we were playing. I don't even remember if we won or lost or anything in the game, but, but I was coaching first, and he had – gotten on i don't remember how he got on doesn't make a difference but he was really fast and twice when he got on he got picked off or thrown Mm -hmm. out because he was not paying attention and the second time i was so furious when i came back i just you know unleashed it and the coach pulled me aside and said don't you forget i'm the head coach and it's your job just do what you're and i was like oh my gosh i just got which was yeah. a big ego thing to me, and I just had to back <laughs> off. And and this other time I was thinking about because then I, you know, I was living vicariously through him. How? Yeah. Where I, I got to think about, I wouldn't have been that rude with one of the other students, or one of the other yes. players. Yeah. But yep. with him, I expected more. Yeah. And then I saw oh, my daughter was an All American high school swimmer, and we were at a swim meet one time. And if you ever been to swim meets, there are just lots of sitting. Mm-hmm. And looking and doing nothing and for like two minutes at the most of, of yeah. you know, investing your kids. So, but this other dad's daughter, it was her first swim meet, year round mm-hmm. competitive swim meet that she had been there. And she was really young. It was very new to her. And he was just mad. She couldn't have been more than like 10 or 11. Uh-huh. She, he was just furious over the fact that she wasn't doing well. And I, I kept thinking, are you expecting her to like, Com, you know, <laughs> compete for the Junior Olympics tomorrow, you yeah. know, and the mom was like, it's just their first time. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. So what problems do you see? What are some of these things 
because I want our audience to hear so they can see themselves in this. So what are some of those dads or moms for that matter? Yeah. And I think, so you hit on, you know, a couple right there, right there out of the gate. Um, I think that probably the thing that sums it up the most is, is that um, across, across the group, a lot of times that we expect our kids to react and behave with the set of skills and experience that we have. And I think Dabo Swinney says it best. He says when he talks to his players, he's like, hey, you know, have, have, have you been 24, 25 yet? And they're like, no, sir. He's like, well, I have. Right. And he's like, hey, have you been 30? And they're like, no. He's like, well, I have. As he's trying to convey advice and he's trying to say, like, here's how to handle situations and stuff. And I think that's one of the things I noticed most is um, particularly when my son was older, standing around with some with some dads and um, maybe it's a par five where you absolutely shouldn't go for it in two. Right. And he here he pulls out the lumber and we're getting ready to go for it in two. And the, the, the other dads and I are like, hey, we know that's not a the right play. Right. Because we're 40 years old, 50. We've seen it play out over and over and over again. But he hasn't. Um, so I think it's that that age gap and that experience mm-hmm. gap where we try to um, project and say, hey, they should know everything we know at this at this stage in life. And they don't. And we didn't. I didn't when I was 18 years old. I didn't know when I was, you know, when I was 16 years old kind of thing. Um, so I think it's I think it's that that's one of the that's one of the bigger things. Um, I think the the desire to save kids or you know young athletes or whatever from any sort of trouble like as a parent like that's our natural instinct right if you see your kid running on the streets you go grab them and pull them back if you see your kid you know jumping off a building or something you go grab them and pull them back um and and i think what's what's so interesting about sports is we have to we have to go counter to that and we have to say just go let it happen like if it's happening on a baseball field you know, the, one of the most stressful things in life is to watch your kid pitch, right? Because mm-hmm. they're on a mound, they're on an island, um, golf course, wherever. But the, the, what the most effective thing to do for our kids is just to let it happen. Let adversity happen. Let them fail because it's such this microcosm for for life, right? And I think that's one of the things we see the most um, as sports parents in general is that we want to stop our kids from failing. We want to do and go and rescue. So whether it's a lawnmower parent or whether it's a helicopter parent or whether it's whatever, um, from the sidelines or from outside the ropes or whatever sport it is, the sport doesn't matter. It's the fact that we want to sort of press pause and step in and go and say, you know, hey, son or hey, daughter, in this situation, make this decision because it's, you know, this is how it's going to go. When, when in reality, I mean, life is just doling out these lessons, right? If we would just get mm-hmm. out of the way as parents, and 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 that's what we've we've rec- my wife and I have grown up. Um, I'd say a ton in the last eighteen months to the point that my son's playing his senior season now. In the two tournaments we've had so far, and a couple of golf matches, she and I, it's it's like we're on the beach somewhere. We're so relaxed um, because we know, like, we used to live and die by mm-hmm. every tee shot. We used to live and die when he played baseball by every pitch we used to live and die by if you know if, if he's running point gardens and they're you know full court trap and a full court press and whatever we're living and dying by does he get it down the court kind of thing and and going through this process we had this realization like it's going to be okay like if he succeeds he succeeds if he fails he fails. he's learning something um and I, i've done a ton of reading and you know through this through this process as well but so that, again long answer short question but i think just to kind of in general it's that one is is we expect our kids to know everything we know and have to, to have you know that level of experience 
Um, and two is, is that we as parents, I think, are trying to eliminate those obstacles um, to, to help our kids be successful. And then the third, I think, um, is that for whatever reason, um, and vicariously, I think is a great word to use, but um, a lot of times we think their success is our success, right? So if, um, you know, if little Johnny pitches a no hitter and we get to go to the water cooler the next day and say, hey, you know, my son pitched a no hitter. Or if, or if my son goes shoot 66 or 67 or something like that, I get to say, hey, my son shot 60, but it, that's not it. So I think, you know, us us as parents trying to trying to claim claim their victories um, is, uh, is is an issue we see, you know, we see a ton. And I'm as I say those things, I'm I am guilty of I've been guilty of every, absolutely every one of those things. And again, that continuum of of crazy we've we've seen kids and dads cussing each other, yell at each other, um, mm-hmm. throwing stuff at each other. Um, um, and, and then they have to get in the car, um, and ride home. And I think as an aside to that, um, is, is, uh, part of the research that we had done is, is there's a gentleman named Bruce Brown at proactive coaching LLC. You can go check him out, but they did a study, um, a 12 year study, thousands and thousands of athletes. And they asked him, you know, two questions. They said, Hey, what was the it was college, college age kids. They say, what was the best part about your youth uh, athletic experience and what was the worst part? And, and almost to a person, the kids said that the worst part about it was the car ride home with their parents. No matter what the sport was, it was the car ride home because it was, you know, dad saying you should have, you could have, mom saying you should have, you could have, you know, whatever. And the answer to the question of what was the best part about your youth athletic experience is when parents said, I love to watch you play. Mm. Um, you talk about a sobering moment, like, and I, I had the chance to, to touch base and, and chat with Bruce about that. And, and so that's, that's what we try to do now for our, you know, for our son and for his, you know, his teammates as well. It'd be like, just knuckle bump, like, man, I love watching you play. Whether, whether well, you, yeah. Well, I was going to ask when I'm thinking about this, my first thought is, is that what is some of the, the, the implications or the, the, you know, how is it affecting the young athlete through this process, um, you know, when you're in your resources, I mean, what, obviously we know that as parents, we're acting like jerks, you know, we're at, yeah. we're, we're doing this stuff. And yeah. a lot of them might say, Hey, that's reflection on me and stuff, but let's, let's turn it around and say, what are we, what is it doing to this young athlete? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, and again, done a, done a lot of reading and Tammy shared a lot of resources on this as well. So another shout out for her, but, um, I think in, in general, so, so Matt Krug, um, he's a sports psychologist for the, uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers, and, and he's got this interesting concept about um, attachment and attachments. Um, so and not, my, not my expertise, but his. But um, he talks a lot about what attachments um, we're assigning to a particular sport. So it may, be, um, it may be we say, you know, our kids play in this, and we, we continually say, like, hey, keep doing this, man. You're going to get a scholarship. Or to our daughter, keep doing this. You're going to get a scholarship. And so I think that as if, if we cross that line and we start um, sort of making that experience um, sort of a negative thing for them, I think kids, they see the risk of, hey, it's not just me having a bad game. Like I let my dad down or I let my mom down. Right. Um, because they've got this whole plan for me. Right. Because we're looking at scholarships and so on and so forth. Um, and I think it I think it puts a lot of undue pressure. Um, and I, we, I've done the same thing, right? It puts undue pressure on them because they recognize like, man, if I don't play well, then I feel like that I, you know, I've, I've failed them. Um, 
so, so I think it, it's that it changes the experience. Like the experience is supposed to be fun. Like I, that's mm-hmm. what I remember from my, you know, I, I can remember a few high school basketball games or a few ball games and stuff like that. But what I remember most is, is man, just laughing on the court or laughing on the field or laughing on the golf course. I never did think about, God, I shot 36 here. I shot 39 here or 45 here. I scored 10 points or two points. That's what I remember. And I think that's what we risk doing is taking all that away from uh, from our kids when we we almost make it a job, right? Versus letting it be um, sort of that um, uh, that enjoyable experience. And um, Jean Sutherland's the uh, um, she's the associate women's golf coach at Nebraska now, and um, I think she says it best if I can remember it correctly um, um, from the book is is uh, she said that her her parents never treated her like her score. Um, cause she, she played golf coming up and she said, if I, if I played, uh, poorly, um, they were disappointed for me, not in me. And if I mm. played well, mm. if I, yeah, if I, if I played well, um, they were happy, uh, for me, not with me. And that of all, I think of all the research we did, of all the things, of all the people we interviewed, when, when coach Sutherland told me that, that, um, I was never a number to my parents. I thought back to myself and it, it just washed over him. Like how many times, like if I been the happiest dad ever, if my son walks off the green and he shot under par and how many times have I had that cracker barrel moment, if he's played poorly and what I'm conveying to him, to your question, what I'm conveying to him in that moment is your worth, you know, your value to me is higher. If you, if you play like this and your value is lower, if you play like this kind of thing, and I think that's the risk. Mm. And, and I've, I've had that frank conversation with my son. I'm like, hey, I love you no matter what. I'm gonna hug you coming off the green no matter what. And and let this be, let this be your experience. But if I think if I hadn't put myself in check, um, I ran the risk of him seeing that kind of that like that separation, right? I need to please, I need to please my dad. Um, so again, probably said a lot there and said nothing at the same time, but um, yeah. So how how would you advise? So I'm thinking our audience is listening to this and there's some parents here and they are probably feeling like I am very convicted yeah. on what's going on in their life. So how would you advise them to be effectively supporting their parent? I mean, supporting their athlete. How, how could they be the best support for that young athlete? Yeah. So, um, so I'll answer it in, um, in a couple of ways. One is, 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 um, uh, not a shameless plug for our book, but a shameless plug for our book. Um, but th- not not for the reason. It's okay. Not, <laughs> no, but not not for the reason of of go by what and listen to what Mark McKinney says because it's um again all all I am hopefully in the background here. I'm a Clemson guy, so that'll you know half the country will like that, the other half will think we're crazy. Um, but what we did on purpose is we went and solicited advice from roughly forty people and said. Um, we ask them a couple of questions. Um, you know, what advice do you have for parents of a junior athlete and, and what advice do you have for junior athletes themselves? And so that, that advice ranges from Dabo Swinney, again, Clemson plug to, uh, mentioned, uh, Matt Krug earlier, uh, Tammy Matheny's, uh, in there. Um, we got professional athletes, we got Heisman finalists, um, we've got high school coaches, um, we got college coaches, we've got parents of PGA tour players. So we got a, a professional rodeo guy in there, right? So it's so it's this this collection of sort of sports agnostic advice on how do you how do you best um, how do you best support your your athlete 
as a parent. And you'll see these themes start to emerge in there. Um, but, but again, high level, I'd say one is just recognize the fact that it's their journey and it's not, it's not our journey. Um, secondly is to have a conversation and Tammy shared this with me and, and, and I didn't get it, um, until, um, um, uh, the, the end of my son's junior year. So completely powerful, but she says, talk to your kids who are athletes and ask them, ask the question, um, Hey, how, how should I support you before an event? How should I support you during an event? And how should I support you after an event and have the kid either write it down, have them tell it to you, have them text it to you, have them, whatever, whatever method, you know, your kid and Snapchat for the, for the folks that are on Snapchat kind of thing. But that single conversation was extremely powerful because I thought this whole time, like during a golf match or during a what I, I was supposed to be like, hey, man, do you need some water? Do you need some snacks? Do you need some whatever? Do you need me to be on the range with you before? I thought all these things. But my son was like, hey, here's what I want you to do. What I want you to do is before the round, I want you to come talk to me about anything at all about golf. Um, any, any, sorry, anything besides golf as we're on the driving range. I don't want to, I don't just, just talk. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about whatever while I warm up. That's what I need from you, you know, before the round. Um, and he said during the round, Hey, all I want you to do is just, you know, give me thumbs up. Just let me know like that you're still with me and you support me no matter what. He said, I need to see your face. Um, and then he said afterwards, um, Hey, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let some time pass. But he said, let's, I'd love to know what you think, like, you know, about the round and about these things. Let, let's talk through the round and see, what are your thoughts on how I could do something? That conversation changed our relationship completely because I thought I needed to do these 15 things. So I would encourage parents to have that. If you don't do anything else as a result of this podcast, go have that conversation with your kids and say, how can I support you? What do you need from me before, uh, during and after? Um, the third is, is, and this is probably the toughest is, um, is to let it happen. Um, we, 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 we say that, you know, adversity is, is this amazing teacher if we'll get out of the way and, and let it happen. And there's a couple of stories that get shared in there. And I'll give you the I'll give you the Reader's Digest version of one that, that's extremely powerful is um, is about this guy who found a um, he found a cocoon. Right. Everybody knows, you know, you know, cocoons and, and, and they, they, um, they turn into butterflies at the end. So this guy found this this cocoon and he and he saw um, this thing struggling inside of it. Right. This caterpillar struggling inside of a cocoon. And so he's like, well, I don't want to see the guy struggle. So he went and um, he picked the cocoon open, right, to make it easier for the for this caterpillar to come out. And he said, hey, I've done this great thing. Well, what happened is, is when the caterpillar came out, the wings were poorly formed. Um, the butterfly never formed and the butterfly was never able to fly. Um, so the whole moral of the story is that, you know, we need that struggle. We need that fight inside of that cocoon to help us develop. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times if we're trying to, again, knock down barriers, um, knock down, uh, knock down obstacles for our kids, we risk kind of stunting, stunting their wings. So that's another piece of, of guidance, again, coming from this guy who got it wrong is as hard as it is, let them fail. Um, I just saw last night, so I live in Greenville, South Carolina, we had a, a baby giraffe born at the zoo. And so, of course, they put it on the news, right? Anything that gets born, they put on the news. This, this, and this, and this, there's a mama giraffe and the, and the little giraffes struggling to walk, falling up against the wall, falling up against the wall, and his legs are buckling and doing all these different things. And I had that same thought about the butterfly in the cocoon. I'm like, that mama giraffe is not running over, you know, sticking her neck up, holding the, holding the giraffe up. She's just letting the giraffe learn how to walk. 
And that's what has to happen is that, you know, the draft has to get strengthened. So um, expectations, um, again, you know, going back to, um, you know, what, what, what do the kids expect from you? Let it, let it be, let it be their journey. Let them know that you love watching them play no matter what they do. And, and I would hammer this home is that let them know that their value is not defined by their performance. Um, and I, again, I've been guilty of that just, um, not deliberately, but my actions, you know, after a game or after whatever, where I've acted different, where I've seen, seen different. And I see that across, you can see dads turn around and walk off, walk off fairways. Um, you see people get in the car and don't say anything. You see people go to Cracker Barrel and don't say anything. You know, I was, <laughs> I was that guy. Or um, seeing people so, walk to the dugout fussing the whole way. Yeah. It, 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 or, you know, walk out of a, walk out of a gymnasium, right. If, if somebody, you know, turns the ball over, the kids turn up. So again, you know, you know, there's, I probably, I probably rambled there, but you know, I, I speak on adversity a lot and that's, that's important, but let it be, let it be their journey. Don't ever let them think that, that their value, your kid's value, because it's not sport could go away tomorrow. Right. Um, so uh, uh, Renee Lopez, who is another friend of Tammy and, and she's written an awesome book about looking for a full ride about how, how kids get into college and college scholarships and such. And, and she's very adamant about when you go visit a school, to, to implement the broken leg rule. Um, would you be happy going to school here if you broke your leg and you were never able to play your sport again? Wow. Like that's like, that's how you pick. That's how you pick where you want. That's how you pick the experience, right? Pick the experience. Don't pick it for the sport kind of thing. So stuff like that. And so, so I can, you go back to the whole shameless plug thing, right? Like you, you could, you could knock out the whole first half of the book where we ramble about stuff. Um, but the, but the back half where these people are giving their advice, it's, um, it is absolutely priceless stuff. And I wish for those that, that those that know who Marty McFly are in the DeLorean um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, I wish somebody could go back in time and hand me uh, what we wrote. And, it, and it's not that it's, it's not this great, but, but, but it's just somebody wrote it down. Right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking here. And I didn't know what, I had two questions that I want to follow up on. I didn't know which one I wanted to jump with first. Cause the first, the, the one that I need is, now that the kids are past their high school and college experience, mm-hmm. how do I atone for being that dad? Yeah. Um, because there was times that I was, I was very supportive, you know, I was encouraging there, but I can still see that there were times that I probably inhibited uh, their ability to enjoy it. Not maybe their ability to be what they could be athletically, yeah. but their ability to enjoy it. Uh, so that, that was the first question I had. And the second one was, was was related to what you said uh, about your book is that you also had advice for the young athletes. So yeah, yeah. Which one of those do you want to dive into first? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go with the first one. I think it, it's never too late um, to say I'm sorry. Right? Um, never too late to say I'm sorry. It could be 30 years and you text somebody or call somebody and say, Hey, man, I'm sorry for something. But um, I think what it does is it shows. Again, sports, if, if you if you take a step back from it, like if you get down in the weeds, it's hard to see anything else, you know, forest for the trees kind of thing. But if you, t- if you take a step back and get away from it, you recognize what an awesome teacher it is for life. Um, you recognize the fact that sometimes a ball tips and goes out of bounds or sometimes you throw a, you know, strike dead down the middle and the umpire calls it a ball, right? That's life. Nothing you can do about it. So I think it's important for kids to recognize that Hey, as you go through and having these experiences, whether you're swimming or whether you're playing soccer or whatever, whatever, like life's unfair. Like sometimes you do everything right and everything goes wrong. 
And sometimes mm-hmm. vice versa, you see this guy over here who's doing everything wrong and everything goes right for him kind of thing. So I say that to say, I think having a conversation even now as, as kids are in you know, college age or whatever, is just to go back and have that honest conversation and say, hey, I got it wrong maybe more times than I got it right as a parent. But what I want you to know is I love you, right? And I don't want you, you know, if you ever felt like, you know, your, your value or your worth was, was based on kind of my reactions and actions, like I am so sorry for that. Because I think that's important because, because in theory, what's going to happen is our kids are going to have kids, right? And they're going to raise, they're going to raise their little suckers as well. Um, so I think it's important for us to show, particularly as dads, the fact that, hey, like we make mistakes and we're not perfect and, uh, and we get it wrong. But, um, you know, the manly thing to do is to go have that convert is to go have that conversation. Right. And um, and uh, and, you know, never miss that opportunity. So that's that's what I would say is just it's a great opportunity to have a conversation with like a real, real conversation with our kids, because the, the way I view things. And again, I've read books on this as well, is that. Like decisions, this is powerful. This, the decisions that you and I make today, um, like whether it's we're saying, hey, we're, you know, I'm, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z anymore. I'm going to start doing this. Like it doesn't just affect my son. Like I have the I have the capability and you do as well and all the listeners do as well. You got the power to affect, to, to affect your entire family tree, right? Decisions you make today can have an impact hundreds of years down the line. Right. Yeah. Because you made that one decision. So think about how powerful that is. If you have that conversation with your child and they in turn have that with their child or you establish a set of morals. Right. Or you establish a thing you want to do. So um, that's pretty cool. when you think about the fact that you the decisions and the conversations and, and how you do um, things you do today, you, you can affect an entire family tree. Right. So that that's pretty powerful. So so that was number one um, is to is to have those conversations. And if, if um, my memory serves me correctly, your second was about the advice in the book for the, for the athletes themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think uh, on the whole, um, the, the themes that you'll see emerge there are um, again, whether this is, whether this is from a, um, a professional athlete, whether it's from um, again, a, the, the, the gentleman in the book, that's a Heisman finalist from, from UGA, whether it's a high school coach, whether it's Dabo Swinney, whether it's professional athletes um, is to enjoy the journey. Like, don't miss it, right? As an athlete, do not miss it because as you and I can attest to, like, it goes away. Like, I can't go back and play basketball, right, with the with the buddies I had. You know, I can't go back and compete in those games kind of thing. One is because I'm 50 and, and they don't make enough aspartame or whatever it is, whatever the best thing to do today is. But it but it does go away. So so enjoy the journey. Um, secondly, a big piece of advice there is encouragement for the athletes to thank their parents um, for all the sacrifices because because as as an athlete i never knew i never recognized this when i was younger but like parents you know we we're the we're the uber drivers um we're the snack bringer getters um we're the rain gear bringer getters you know we're the ones that finance if you're giving somebody lessons or training or so on and so forth um, and there's there's several people who have really, really pointed advice for like, hey, don't take that for granted. Thank your parents. Thank your support group. Right. Your siblings. Um, thank your, your grandparents for coming. You know, you know, that sort of thing. So um, the other is that uh, stands out to me is be a good teammate. And again, again, this is this is the one that goes to goes to life as well, because nobody wants to nobody wants to play with a jerk and nobody wants to work with a jerk. 
And again, everybody listening right now, if I said, hey, write down five good guys and write down five jerks, like they could, you know, they could burn the paper up because they could write down like, here's the jerks. Um, that that all translates to life as well. So, um, you, know, you know, be a, be a good teammate um, and, and, and take advantage and, and recognize those things that are being asked of you. They're going to be asked of you in real life. So show up ready to work, show up on time, be committed, you know, be committed to what you're doing, be committed to, you know, to making yourself, you know, 1% better, you know, every day. Um, so just some, it's, it's, it's some one-on-one stuff really, but, it, but if you, it kind of gets all muddled up in the process, but if you really kind of go back and focus on it, it's, it's good reminders of things, um, you know, things to the athlete. So, you know, you know, don't miss the, don't miss the forest for the trees. Mm. Mark, how can our audience connect with you or find this book? What, what, what's the best way? Uh, yeah. So a couple things, if you go to, uh, if you, if you drive uh, over to Amazon um, and go search uh, the drive home uh, McKinney, um, you can uh, you can order the book uh, directly um, off of uh, off of Amazon um, on uh, on Facebook. We've got um, a Facebook group uh, which is growing, um, and it's uh, it's similar name. It's the same name as the book. It's uh, it's the drive home, um, the the youth. Um, um, it's the parent youth athlete experience. And it's is uh, is probably the the best way there. And you can join the discussion groups and and share resources and. I think the most powerful thing is is in that Facebook group is we've connected out to um, things like you guys, things like Tammy, things like Renee that I mentioned. So it's like this, it's this, it's, I don't say weird village, but it's this powerful village of, of all these different resources, uh, resources that come together. Um, and then uh, you can, you can always get us uh, uh, by email, uh, Britt and Mark, uh, the drive home at uh, gmail.com. So B-R-I-T-T-A-N-D. M-A-R-K, the drive home uh, at Gmail. And um, so you can you can go grab the book off Amazon and get it shipped to you. But if there's um if there's anybody that's uh, we've had several teams, uh, several large groups that said, hey, you know, we want to we want to get some stuff in bulk. We want to order books for the whole team. So just reach out to me at that email address or Facebook group and say, um, and I'm on Facebook as well, of course, but um just you know, we'll uh, we'll arrange for um, you know, just discounted pricing and things like that. And and I should say too that a portion of every book we sell um, goes to a, an organization called Youth on Course (YOC). And what that does is it's um, it provides, um, particularly in the golf world, so that um, kids that may not be able to afford to go play whatever golf courses they can go play the, all these courses for five bucks, um, just wow. through the uh, through the donations that come through uh, through Youth on Course. So as we sell books. Uh, we roll a portion of the dollars um, back to uh, back to that group. So, and it's not for us. And again, I, as as sort of a an upfront aside is like this book is not going to make your child like score more points on a basketball court or throw more strikes or you know it, that's not what it's about. Like it's not about making that kid a better athlete. What it's about is making us better parents. Um, you know, helping us holding that mirror up to ourselves, saying, "Hey, how can I be a better?" more supportive sports parent. And if, and if you're interested in that, if you've ever had those moments, if you see yourself on kind of the, the crazy end of that, of that spectrum uh, of, of that, of that sports parent, you know, without a doubt, uh, you know, grab it and read it. And we'd love to, we'd love to hear the feedback. Wow. Listen, all of that information we're going to put in the show notes. So if you're listening, just okay, go to good. your app and uh, you'll find the links there. And if you're watching or listening through YouTube, because that's very popular now, just click down and you can see right below us in the show notes, all those different ways. Mark, thank you for this. Uh, you, 
challenged me to do some things today, uh, to 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 uh, to go through these things, and to give me a lot of going forward on this. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, James, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And thank you, audience, for sticking with us. Listen, if I say this every week, but I really want to say it with a fact. Uh, way of saying it today, someone that you know needs to hear this show, needs to to share the uh, know this information. So please like, share, and comment on uh, this podcast, and we'll see you again next week on the Gen Z Show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.